2: You know those days where like 200 people are deliberately misunderstanding you on Twitter? Oh,
3: yeah. Every day. (laughs) Yeah. What what was this over? Pensions. Oh, God. This is a Manhattan-bound B-Express train. The next stop is Grand Street.
4: Mind the gap.
2: Hello, I'm John Elledge, and this is Skylines, the Cinemetric podcast. I kind of play favourites a bit with the north. I'm not from the north. You've probably noticed that. But I have a lot of time for for many northern cities. I kind of want to check out bits of the north I haven't seen. I want to do some more exploration in places I've never been to. But I'm finding with my exploration, I kind of have a definite Lancashire bias. I really really love Manchester. It's one of my favourite cities. I always have a good time in Liverpool. When I've been to the cities on the other side of the Pennines, though, I've never quite got it, you know people in yorkshire call it you know god's own country absolutely love it i kind of don't really get it i thought it was time to get some people in to tell me what i was missing so we have two yorkshire natives who are looking quite angry of me after that introduction <laughs> can you guys introduce yourselves
3: right. so i am james ball i think i'm contractually obliged to say i'm a new statesman contributor and i write some books as well and i'm from halifax
4: my name's Jasmine Anderson. I'm a freelance journalist and I absolutely love Yorkshire and I'm from Hull, which is, you know, the city of culture.
2: Okay, cool. So, first thing, if Yorkshire's so brilliant, what the hell are you people doing here?
3: Uh, I got exiled for being too cheerful. I don't know if you've noticed, but because all the investment comes down to London and all the transport comes to London and all of the media is run by London-based, awful human beings like yourself, we're forced to transplant ourselves down here and pay what would be essentially a year's rent uh, every week to live in a hovel in uh, this capital city that you've dragged us to.
2: Yeah, but isn't it worth it to have you know access to all those pigeons and pollution and the tube and all those other wonderful...
3: I mean, we had industry in the north, so you know we've got pigeons and we race them there. Uh, we've got pollution, and who needs the tube?
2: Actually, that would be amazing. Like as we recall this, it's the week when when a video went viral of a of a snake eating a pigeon somewhere in East London. The introduction of snakes will really liven up the pigeon races, wouldn't it? I mean. If you had some way of
3: making them fly, then, yeah, are they like drone snakes? How are you picturing this working?
2: I mean, you probably need to kind of clip the pigeons' wings.
3: I mean, you know it's all about, like, they're quite long-distance pigeon races. I see why you have a Yorkshire problem. I mean, you don't understand birds.
2: It's that. I mean, I, I, I don't think this is the main thing I don't understand. But is, is pigeon, are pigeon races that important to the kind of Yorkshire identity? Is this something I didn't know about?
3: I mean, not really. Uh, they are no whippets, but they, they count.
4: And, you know, I think if you're looking at Yorkshire as in how can we eat Yorkshire's wildlife, then that's another issue that we need to talk about.
2: Well, well, with no deal Brexit looming, then we do need to start making (laughs) provisions for these things. But OK, OK, I'll ask. I'll ask. we, We kind of got distracted there very quickly, as is my way. But let's let's kind of ask a more sensible question. Like, what's what am I missing? What's so great about Yorkshire that I should be paying more attention to?
4: what's not so great about yorkshire like the only frustration and the one thing that did leave me here is of course as james has stated not only the fact that in order to be a journalist i pretty much have to be here but apart from the fact that we do have a depleted industry it has everything else going for it you know i think it's the character of the people And, you know, I'm I'm not including myself in that. If not, my grandma will have a massive go at me. Um, But there's a real sense of humour and hardiness, um, you know, with the people that I've met from there. And that does expand, I think, across the county. It's not something that is just contained to one place. It is very much, it sees itself as a collective body you know, it's, it's not like other places like your beloved Manchester that very much just sees itself as Manchester. It works together.
3: Yeah, that's sort of what outsiders properly miss about Yorkshire because you've only been to one or two bits of it. Yorkshire, if you put it all together, has more people than uh, Scotland and they whine about being undercovered. Uh, you know, you've got five and a half, six million people there But it's four counties, and it's four very different counties. You know, West Yorkshire grew up on the cloth trade, but now it's kind of financial services. It's got a massive concentration of towns. And unlike everyone who really wants to stoke rivalries, it sits right next to Lancashire. You've got a sort of M62 corridor that runs from Hull to Liverpool. And especially between the Leeds and Manchester bits, people commute all ways. It's quite urbanised, and there's quite a lot of really quite good jobs there. You've got South Yorkshire, which is the sort of heartland, old school, what people think of when they think of Yorkshire, you know, miners, steel, uh, some really, some, some towns absolutely gutted by unemployment. You've got sort of East Yorkshire, which grew up on the old fishing and all of that kind of trade. And then you've got North Yorkshire, which is where a load of posh bastards have their holiday homes <laughs> and where racists go on holiday. Uh, Harrogate is sort of famous. It's got a huge white South African population because it's where all the people who couldn't stand the end of apartheid moved to. So North That's Yorkshire, amazing. sort of full of posh people, racists and tea rooms. But, you know, still nice, lovely views. Um, I'm going to get hate mail from North Yorkshire, but I don't care because there's hardly any of them.
4: You've said the right thing.
2: <laughs> OK, I'm going to ask a question which you might not know the answer to. And if, if you don't, I'm going to have to cut this bit. But... <laughs> Yorkshire's massive like it's the it's the biggest by far of the of the old English counties it covers an enormous chunk of the north of England it's really kind of it's, it's it's a region more than sort of an individual county in the way most of the southern ones are can anyone explain why it's so much bigger than the southern counties
3: I mean part of it's just geography if you look at sort of north and east Yorkshire they're both huge And it's because you have space for a few cities and then you've got a lot of moorland and a lot of Pennines and a lot of regions that just don't really lend themselves to agglomeration and to sort of getting identities. Mm. Doesn't mean they're not really distinct. Uh, My mum, born and raised West Yorkshire, she can tell if someone's from a town eight miles over. You know, the the accents, the culture is a bit distinct from there, but it just never was going to subdivide in the same way. Uh, It's also you know there's all the old history reasons it's sort of the house of york the house of lancaster all that nonsense but it's a strong identity
2: well, what i was really getting at was like the the the, the shires are kind of the product of the <clears throat> the house of wessex in like the ninth century yeah. and like the north was like one of the last bits to kind of be incorporated into into what is now england so i was just wondering if it was because it was kind of a relatively late addition
3: it's it's apparently still um genetically distinct enough that It's one of the few bits you can usefully tell a difference between someone who is sort of historically from Yorkshire rather than historically from the rest of England. It's still a bit shaky because everyone's ancestors are the same now, you know, but it is a distinct thing and it was actually a distinct people.
2: So, Jazz, you wrote a piece for us on, on Yorkshire Day at the beginning of August. Yes. In which you ranked all the cities and towns of Yorkshire based on how good they were. Which was entirely official and objective, and nobody questioned any of that.
4: I think um, I'm going to have a lot of fans after that piece. Yeah. Actually, I'm waiting for my airmen. Hull, Hull
2: was strangely at the top of that list for for reasons. I do It's purely coincidentally, I'm sure. But like, so come on, like give us a, give us a flavour. Like, talk us through a couple of the, a, a couple of the main cities.
4: Okay, uh, so first of all, I better start off and defend my decision to place Sheffield eighth in the list. Uh, I don't think I've been called a moron so many times in one day before, and you know I got an E in GCSEPE, so <laughs> it's it's quite something. But um, so with my placement of that, I I do like Sheffield in particular. Magic Magic uh, is a favourite of mine.
2: Oh, the 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 Lord Mayor. The
4: Lord Mayor, yes. Yeah. We follow each other, I imagine. <laughs> Hope you're okay. You know, I I do actually have a lot of time for Sheffield, and if I would have written a straight up list, it would have been boring for everyone. Um, but I get a bit frustrated with Sheffield over its kind of individualistic identity, and you know, it sets itself apart from the rest of the county.
2: Yeah, actually, sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt because like this is something that intrigues me about Sheffield and kind of the region around it. Is I found this uh, book somewhere on the internet from like. 1920 or something which is an attempt to kind of create a system of provinces for English local government and and it makes Yorkshire a region centred on Leeds but it also makes it creates another region, which is effectively the Sheffield City region, which of course Peekton after like High Peak and the River Don. It's, like two of the main geographical features. But like even a 100 years ago, it was sort of being seen as this kind of slightly separate entity from the rest of Yorkshire. Sheffield, Can anyone explain Sheffield that? Sheffield
3: would kill Leeds just to see it die. Sheffield is its <laughs> own thing. And kind of everyone else in Yorkshire, they've got the little rivalries, but they just sort of roll their eyes and occasionally called Sheffield Miners and Winers. Um, but
2: where does where does this come from? Why, why is Sheffield specifically a It was separatist?
3: proper working class in a way that a lot of the rest of it wasn't. Uh, you know, I grew up around Halifax, and that was wool. And so it was quite fancy. It was traders. It was a bit merchanty. Uh Biggest closed courtyard in England is not an Oxford quad. It's the Peace Hall in Halifax. Um, you know, it was trading, it was farming, it was weaving sheffield has been proper industry since there's been proper industry and that kind of gives you a bit of a rep and a you know different outlook and it isn't like anywhere else in yorkshire for that and the kind of exceptionalism stayed so like it is actually a great city uh the Dockfest fest up there is also awesome just to be a media <laughs> gonna make you beep that sorry uh but like Sheffield just gets up the nose of everyone else in Yorkshire, is mm. that fair, Jazz?
4: Yeah, I'd definitely say so. And I mean coming from a city that is often, you know, downtrodden and defeated, you know, Hull's experience quite a lot of hardship. Although it's, um, you know, mistook as the second most bombed place uh, next to London uh, um, in World War Two, it definitely was bombed quite heavily. And out of that, it never really recovered again. And then the Cod Wars in the 70s, of course, consolidated that. And it's been on a little bit of a back foot ever since. And, you know, there's, there's quite a large distance between Hull and Sheffield. But I think in my mind's eye, growing up somewhere that was constantly referred to as the crappiest town in the UK and then kind of seeing Sheffield in my more my teenage years of course thrive I was a little bit resentful.
3: There's a there's a really old saying actually uh, from hell hull and Halifax the good lord preservers Uh, but yeah hull's weird if you're not from it because if you grew up anywhere near the other ones you've been to everywhere you know Leeds is about 15 minutes from uh, York in a car or on a train uh Sheffield 20-30 minutes Bradford 15 minutes from it you get around all the others and then Hull is way off to the other side and you never go there and so it's quite disconnected from it and so becomes a bit of an afterthought from the rest of Yorkshire like East Yorkshire is a bit different because it's it's much more spread you know York is at the bottom of North Yorkshire and then you've really got all the rural
2: bit yeah i mean historically right yorkshire was split into three ridings which is just like a viking word for thirds basically but they were east north and west and almost every significant settlement in yorkshire was in the west riding right even the bit we now call south yorkshire is is mostly carved out of the west riding Uh, and hull is the only really significant city from over the others
3: I mean York would uh, York would go for you for that. But... Well, you, you,
2: York kind of sits. I mean, like the free riding is kind of going all directions from York. Yeah, it? It they kind do. It sits in the middle, so.
3: So York is a weird one because basically, if you if you like Islington or anywhere in kind of metropolitan, comfortable central London, you'll love York. Uh, and it's a great city because I've become one of you awful metropolitan types, uh, and so I now love York. The thing—it's not proper Yorkshire, really, is it? it, what it, what no, it really... It's a tourist
4: trap. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> it feels like it belongs in the set with Oxford and Cambridge. Yeah. It's a small, old touristy university city. Like the university is not as old, but it's, but it's like quite highly ranked. And it's even divided itself into colleges. It feels like it's really kind of leaning into that kind of, you know.
3: It's sort of Yorkshire's answer to Durham, which has done all the same things, mm. you know, to the point where Durham tries to refer to Doxbridge. York has never <laughs> York has never sunk to trying to suggest it's Yorksbridge.
2: Is that because Yorksbridge sounds absolutely ridiculous? I or? think
3: it's because York just actually wants to beat Oxford and Cambridge rather mm. than do that. Like if you work anywhere near the media the York mafia is everywhere and must not be crossed.
2: So okay let's let's talk about a couple of other cities. Like Leeds is obviously the the big one. Leeds is a th- a, you know Leeds is kind of the biggest urban area in in Yorkshire. What's 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 Leeds got going for it?
4: I mean I come at Leeds uh, from a point of view where I went to university there and uh, of course naturally thought it was the best years of my life but what Leeds does that other places don't is it it merges that that character with an actually you know rather geographically varied area I think so you know I can be tucked out in the hills of Bailey, reaching onto Kirkstall and go out that way to the Abbey and kind of get a little bit of that that kind of beautiful sightseeing that makes me feel like I'm still part of a county that is heavily rural. And then I can reach into the city centre, get a bus for a pound, end up doing all of the embarrassing things like going round Cole Lane, getting absolutely uh, smashed down this tiny cobbled street, and then kind of reach back again in the morning and go to round here, get get through to a park and then meet everyone in Headingley at the Brudenell Social Club for a pint and some of the, the best bands in the city tour there. So I think... In a way, it feels to me like it's more my personal taste, but I understand that things like drinking, going to see music that you like, plays that you love, and um, visiting some stunning architecture, are quite commonly shared uh, around this country.
3: Yeah, like it's a proper city. It's a bit less than the sum of its parts, I think, because it's surrounded by big towns with their own identity and big cities. It's not this regional pole. If you live in Bradford, you'll go out in Bradford. Same with Sheffield. Almost really the same with Huddersfield and even Halifax. Like These aren't failing towns where to have a night out, you had to go to Leeds. So it's not got that massive pull, but it's got a good identity as a city. You'll never find someone who went to uni there from outside who said there's this massive town gown split or anything like that. It's got a pretty sensible council. They're doing decent regeneration that isn't ruining the town centre. You know, they're not sort of letting it all drag out to malls or out of town. It's a pretty well-run place. It is a wicked night out. It's a really fun place to drink and still cheap. Like, if you can't have a good night out in Leeds, then you you messed up. Uh, That is aimed at John. Um, (laughs) But I can see why people don't fall in love with it. There's not some amazing identity or some amazing sort of centerpiece to it in the way that there is with some other cities it's kind of just always suffers I think from almost being too surrounded
4: I'd say Manchester's kind of got its fishnets on and then with Leeds (laughs) it's got these you know these 10 denier nude stockings (laughs) you kind of have to work a little bit harder to get there but it's worth it in the end
2: (laughs) yeah I mean my my sort of my my anti-Yorkshire pose is really based on two things one of which is trolling yorkshire nationalists on the internet just because they're they're quite a safe group to troll because they're reasonably harmless and there aren't that many of them so you can kind of wind them up and then they you know they don't ruin your life over it
3: it's almost like yorkshire people can take a joke
2: i don't think these particular guys can actually <laughs> it's just there's only four of them uh, but the other thing is like i've been to leeds a couple of times and i kind of i feel like i haven't seen it like i, I don't really know how else to explain that but i kind of feel like like, okay, so Sheffield, I spent a day once. I was only there for about eight hours or something, but they sort of felt like I got a sense of the place. Whereas like Leeds, I've been twice and I still can't, I don't really think I'm remotely familiar with it. I don't know what I'm missing, what I'm meant to be looking at.
3: This is basically a tangent, but it just reminds me of um, during the documentary festival in Sheffield, um, there was like a, a BBC party type thing and they booked out a working men's club. And so it was full of senior TV execs, all transplanted from London. One of them, and I wish I was making this up, just loudly went, they've really nailed the retro theme here. It's it's just astonishingly well done. And I I genuinely, it's rare I'm lost for words, and I just turned and walked away. It just, the sort of horror of, yeah, you still have some pubs that look like pubs up there. It also doesn't mean that no one in there has read a book or can finish a sentence, but there's a sort of weird, I don't know, I think part of why I think where this really isn't an answer to your question, but I think part of why we're chippy sometimes is, there's something about the Yorkshire accent when it's strong that people associate with being either a bit thick or a bit basic and it doesn't go with that like we have a whole bunch of skilled jobs in Yorkshire you know if you want an electric violin in the UK you buy it from Halifax Uh, if you we've got city jobs we've got cities we've got culture and there's this weird thing as if everyone's sort of has come from some unhewn northern wasteland. But it's That's not, maddening.
2: I mean, yeah, I think you're, you're God, right. There Jazz is, is leading yeah, in here. Yeah. Go oh. on, go
4: on. All I was going to say is, you know, Stern has the, the snake going on with the pigeon, but Yorkshire people are more like chameleons. They know <laughs> how to transfer their skills through different parts of the county, and I think different parts of the country. Uh, they know how to work things in their favour, which is charming and yeah i mean i'm master of tautology here but it's that charisma that really gets them going
2: i i mean to be i think you're right that there is certainly a widespread cultural assumption that like northern accents kind of imply stupidity which is incredibly offensive the yorkshire accent is
3: one of the most trusted in the uk but it's also regarded as the second thickest yeah
2: i mean this is clearly a massive problem but it's not that's not Please, God, that's not what I was saying. No, <laughs> I went to, I've been to Bradford a couple of times as well. And I bloody love Bradford. It's I great think it's now. so underrated. Yeah. It's like one of the most beautiful cities in the UK. It's got a
3: gorgeous reflecting pool right in the middle. And like, yeah, it's nobody, really nice.
2: Nobody ever sort of thinks, oh, Bradford, that's a place I should go. It, it's not talked up.
3: It's not a destination, but, though. Yeah,
2: but but what, I guess what I'm saying with Leeds is like, you know, Le- it, it is specifically something about Leeds that I personally do not grasp there is a Bradford
3: identity in a way, there isn't a Leeds one, mm. though. I think it's that Leeds is sort of Leeds needs to be the capital of Yorkshire, it is the major city, it's not going to get overtaken because of where it is as well. It's in the right place, but there's too many other ones for that to automatically happen. Like, and yeah, genuinely, George Osborne was sort of onto something when he talked about an M62 city. M62 motorway runs all the way from Hull to Liverpool. It's a good road. It gets you there quick. There's rail lines along most of the same route, certainly as far as York. Like, And you've got a lot of big towns and cities that are successful along that route. You could see, Prescott used to say this too, mm-hmm. the towns merging into each other. And maybe this is one of those, like when London was still six or seven different cities that were too near each other. I could see there being a little bit of a Yorkshire megacity. It might not drag everything in, but there's so much stuff close to each other. You've got kind of Burstall and lots of little weird mm. Bingley and stuff around and in between Leeds and Bradford. They could join together very easily. They... Could
4: you imagine saying to people in Leeds and Bradford, though, joined together? Yeah,
3: but 50 years, 100 years, like, I don't think it would happen. <laughs> it wouldn't happen now. But Am I going to why pay we, bill? It's why we haven't got a Metro <laughs> Mayor,
2: though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is kind of what I was getting at.
0: Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads
1: and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, Right.
2: Okay, just breaking into your, your regular podcast service here to present a new section, which we're going to call Ask the Expert, so no pressure. No pressure. I'm joined now by Andrew Carter, Director of the Centre for Cities, a Chief Executive, sorry, I've, I've demoted you there. Don't worry. Uh, where you're going to answer some very important questions <laughs> about what's going on with, with you know cities and city policy. In keeping with today's topic, I think the question I'd like to know the answer to today is... Um, why hasn't Yorkshire got a devolution deal then? Why is there no mayor of Yorkshire?
1: Well, I think it's a bit of it's a bit of um, Yorkshire itself uh, not being able to organise itself, despite what we've heard from you know, different interests within it. I think when push comes to shove, different interests in Yorkshire—north, south, and, and the cities and, and the rural—are not, not going to be able to come together. I think ultimately. So, I think there's a kind of Yorkshire element to that, and I think that on the flip side. I think government remains unconvinced that doing a deal at the Yorkshire level is both good for Yorkshire and good for the country, Um, and you know. So I think there's a there's a reluctance on both sides, even though you know there's been good efforts by different interests to try and make progress on this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think you know there's 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 challenges and uh, and issues and obstacles on both sides of the equation. If we think you know government on the one hand and uh, Yorkshire uh, on the other. And I think, and I think that some of those questions about what would be the purpose, the ultimate purpose of devolution to Yorkshire, I think, still remain uh, unanswered.
2: Mm. No, I was uh, I was up in the in the West Riding on a mini tour the other week, about sort of, but Leeds and yeah. Wakefield and Huddersfield and, and Bradford. And something that struck me was that actually they. There's a lot of pragmatism up there now. Like everyone who I spoke to was like behind this idea of the one Yorkshire deal, which is, uh, meant to be sort of Yorkshire wide devolution deal, um, ignoring the fact they've already like given up on the chunk of the county to the Tees Valley, but we would not pay any attention to that. Yeah. Um, but you know, it felt to me like most of the leadership up there is now behind this model because they know it's, it, it's the only one left to them. But it still doesn't feel very likely that it's going to happen. I don't know what you think about
1: that. No, I think that's right. I think you know, it, there's been best endeavours. I think there has been a, you know, a pragmatic that if they can't do the deal at the West Yorkshire level or the Leeds City region uh, level and we can't do a deal at the uh, Hull and Humber level and we can't do a deal, although we have got one sort of in, uh, in stasis around uh, South Yorkshire, then Yorkshire's the best thing that we've got. I understand the pragmatism of that. I'm still not convinced that that's the best way to proceed in a sense. We can't get what we ideally would want, so we're going to go for second best. And I still think that whilst in principle Yorkshire makes, uh, you know, makes some sense from different interests, when you get into the, the detail of how that would function and some of the trade-offs that would need to be made between different parts, I think that, you know, the conflict or some of the tensions between urban and rural, between local and national politicians, will ultimately make um, make, make the deal uh, unlikely. Um, and I think, as I've said, government is still unconvinced um, a Yorkshire deal is the way to go. Not only, I think, interestingly, because of the Yorkshire situation, but because of the precedent that may set. And I think government is conscious that a, a, a deal at a kind of big region level may set precedent for other places. And I'm not convinced that they want to go down that, or they they don't want to, to go down that route, I think. That's interesting.
2: I've not heard that before. Why... I mean, once upon a time, the, there was going to be a North East deal, which would have been regional. It's a smaller region. It's like 2 million as opposed to 5 million, but nonetheless. What do you think has turned the government away from this? Are they just frightened of, like, creating alternative power bases?
1: I think they, that's partly it. You know, these places are big old places. I, and I... Th- so there's there's that, and I think you know they, they have no appetite to return to a sort of regional model, not least as you were saying, you know that was very much uh, associated with the Labor government, which they very deliberately dismantled in the early days of the 2010 uh, 2015 coalition government. So I think there's no desire to return to to a regional structure. I think in part that reflects. I think they are still wedded, although not as strongly as they were. To the economic objective and agenda for devolution, and that more more directly corresponds to you know city regions as we've seen in Greater mm-hmm. Manchester, or we've seen in the West Midlands, or we you know we would see ultimately in uh, in South Yorkshire, or we would see if we did we were doing something around uh, the West Yorkshire you know Greater Leeds to so the situation as well. So I think there's a mix of you know not wanting to go back to to the past, particularly because it's associated with a. Uh, a different political party but also I think they still hold to the economics of if we want to have a more successful north then having more powerful more empowered city regions is a means to do that and I think even if you look at those proposing the Yorkshire deal they're also then advocating as sub-regional arrangements within it you know we'd have a kind of Yorkshire mayor but we would have sub, sub national, uh, sub mm. regional arrangements that would essentially look pretty much like they do to, to, today, which is a bit for West Yorkshire, a bit for South Yorks, something over in Hull, and then essentially the north part of Yorkshire, which is more rural. Mm. So you'd be, you know, you'd have these, uh, these structures, even if we, we get to a, uh, an all Yorkshire mayor. It
2: sometimes feels like we're very slowly reinventing nineteen seventy four. Um, what is what is Yorkshire um, losing out on if it doesn't get a deal?
1: Well, I think this is the you know this is the real issue. I think is you know increasingly you know you've seen and we haven't had this policy for very long. You know the government of the day continues to uh, support and uh, endorse and preference. You know the mayoral combined authority model. You know, uh, we've seen that in terms of the industrial strategy, uh, you know, references. We've seen that in the most recent uh, budget that we had, you know, preferencing given more powers and responsibilities. I think it's inconceivable that as we roll on to the future through this parliament and beyond, that that won't continue. Mm. You know, I think there is a, you know, we're on a journey, as it were, a terrible cliche. And I think these metro uh, regions, metro mayors are likely to become more prominent more important, uh, to be given more responsibility, and therefore those that aren't, particularly the big cities, are missing up.
2: Okay, well, we're going to do this segment probably about once every two weeks or so. So if you've got a question you'd like uh, Andrew to answer about um, how cities work, uh, how can they get in touch? You're on Twitter, aren't you? I am on Twitter, at uh, Andrew Cities. Excellent piece of branding there. Indeed. Please don't stitch uh, me
1: up with the questions. Or
2: you can get in touch with me in the usual way. Anyway, I now return you to our normal podcast service. If you look at what's happened in Greater Manchester, I've been told off by Lisa Nandy on a number of occasions, including on this very podcast, for talking about Greater Manchester as a thing in it, which, her, yeah, Wigan, her Wigan is Wigan. not
3: Greater Manchester. <laughs> but it, I mean, it officially it's, is. I know, it's, but it, it, it is. It's the isn't. one
2: that's, I mean, Wigan sort of sits slightly apart, but well, like, it's
3: a little bit like but, your home borough of being yeah, London, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
2: yeah, it's exact, you know, there's an exact parallel. But nonetheless, you've got all these kind of former mill towns that kind of like, They're not exactly accepting that they're suburbs of Manchester, because if you ever say that, you do get screamed at. But like they've kind of recognised that they are more effective if they treat it as a unit. And it doesn't feel like there is a similar thing that's happened on the other side of the Pennines in Yorkshire. Part
3: part of it is North Yorkshire being Tory enough that the Tories didn't want to lose it to a one Yorkshire mayor. And then everyone else kind of holding the line and trying to stick Mm. it out. And then basically, as I understand it, we got betrayed by Sheffield.
2: I think no, the Sheffield deal was already there. Like this,
3: so we got preemptively portrayed yeah. by Sheffield. I mean, the, she-
2: the Sheffield <laughs> the Sheffield deal was kind of like fudged together very early on in the process because it happened to be where then Deputy Prime Minister Nick Clegg had his constituency. So that got announced way early. That was like late foot twenty fourteen.
3: But it, mes- it messes but- up a lot of the other potential mm. plans. And Sheffield now it's got one would never back out, but. The Sheffield mayorality is useless. It's too small oh, no to get powers. them anything. No, and, and like, no, yeah. actually, honestly, you kind of need something that's going to join Sheffield and Leeds better and join Leeds and Manchester better. And that would help everything along. That's one train line that gets you Bradford, it gets you Huddersfield quite near it. You know, Sheffield, Huddersfield, Leeds, Bradford, Halifax would all benefit from that kind of stuff. A South West one would make sense if you didn't want a whole of Yorkshire one. But it's now impossible. Could you
2: just do like a West Riding one?
3: Well, not now that we've got Sheffield gone. It wouldn't make sense.
4: But then again, we're kind of happening back to those blessed Viking times, aren't we? (laughs) Holes yet again on the back burner when we finally just had a bit of a resurgence. We've had a little bit of faith from you know a yeah. national audience did um, you
3: see any of the city of culture stuff as well it was good it was
4: incredible <laughs> absolutely incredible you know walking around ferrin's art Galleries, seeing people with smiles on their faces looking at the turner prize what china mayville had put together um you know th- this amazing text that was just handed out around the city you know it, it was really great to see people finally proud of where they could where they came from and you know i know i know that's you know of course sentimental gush but i want to see that economic support coming into action as well um i know several academics who you know are studying at the university who've said you know they're really worried about the decline this year and what's going to actually happen to people's mental health and you know the employment rates now that 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 torch has gone you know
3: and it's the frustration when you've sort of up there and you've got family there it's kind of my family lives in between Halifax and Hebden Bridge. Uh, Hebden Bridge, ultimate tourist town, hippie place, lesbian capital of the UK. I recommend anyone to visit it. Um, but it's floods. It's head of the river as well, which means when Hebden floods, it's not six inches, it's six feet. And it Blimey. sweeps through the whole thing. And we had a helicopter rescue over our house. Our power was cut and we were literally trapped on a little island like of, of land as our neighbours flooded. And the cruise went up to York because it was more famous. And York got about three inches of flooding. And it got the flood defence money because it got the coverage. Like That's insane. You then also, you still had pacer trains, you know, sort of rubbish converted bus carriages until about two years ago. And they're replaced with the most ancient stuff. You have an area that actually... Has a lot of skilled work in it, has decent housing at decent cost is crying out for just sensible investment and sensible attention, and it gets none of it
2: okay so let's let 's kind of break this down a bit. What does the region need
3: Proper flood defense, better transport investment, and actually, why not move a few more government agencies there yeah like you know you've got quite a good pool of workers there now you 've got good unis there. There's a good case for sort of encouraging biomedical stuff. You've got good financial stuff there. There's no reason not to give good incentives to work. Like, again, Metro Mays would help that kind of thing. But it does need infrastructure investment. You know, you've got a a single lane road uh, for a good sort of 15 miles is all that connects sort of some of the most major towns in West Yorkshire. Those kind of points of failure are hopeless. And yet you're going through Moorlanded valleys. It's not super easy but we've done much more complex stuff down here and hst by the way is fine better links to london don't hurt that's good don't scrap that but there's potential there you'd get a good return on investment that's the maddening thing and the insane thing i don't get with the current tory government is there are a lot of marginal labor tory seats in yorkshire like it's not full of you know not everywhere in yorkshire is a labor stronghold um it leans that way. I mean, you know, I, I grew up Labour, lots of people I know that I did. They're marginal seats. They do swing mm. to Tories. It's not like there's no votes in it for them.
2: Well, yeah, one of the most shocking results in the night of the 2015 election was when um, the Shadow Chancellor, Ed Balls lost his seat. Yeah. Is it Morley and Outwood? is that? Oh uh, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's clearly a lot of those margins up there. Jess, what do you reckon the region needs?
4: Yeah, yeah, again, I just kind of want to echo James's points. It's it's definitely to do with infrastructure. You know, those those really dire transport links. And, you know, in fact, I was writing a story yesterday that was looking into people in Seacroft in particular who were travelling an hour and a half to two hours to make sure that they could get to their 12-hour shift every day. That's
2: insane, yeah.
4: And, you know, it's this a, a, a massive breadth of working-class voices in Yorkshire, and I think that's one of the major reasons that it is forgotten about. And, you know, people do visit and they see it as this anachronistic world that they can kind of, you know, dip their toes in, go and visit York for a nice day out and come back out again. And it only seems useful to everyone else in London uh, when it can provide a service to them. It always has to be connected to them. And you know, like we say, it's that individualism.
3: Yeah, I think that's that's such a good point as well. It's a danger for Yorkshire that it looks like a chocolate box. So, like Halifax, I'll take because I know it. Um, really gorgeous town, you know, nestled in a valley. As you come over it in a bridge, it genuinely it looks like the classic tourist photo. It's a sort of normal northern town, but it used. The bank is named after that town. It's now Lloyd's, but they've still got three major centres. Back office for retail banking, insurance processing call centres there. It's still got the Nestle factory. Uh, Your quality street are made there. It's a proper working town. And so it isn't just this place to visit and take some photos. Like It needs stuff to work. The other thing, which is my classic being the bonnet, is bus investment because you've got so like the weird thing about it is you've got a lot of towns but there's then a lot of moorland and a lot of spaced out stuff and like I used to work in a Tesco and live rural and I used to have to walk six miles to work if no one could give me a lift uh, because the buses were so unreliable and so by the time you'd walked to a bus that may may or may not turn up you'd walked in the opposite Mm -hmm. direction so like, bus investment is something you can do easily and scalably and boost somewhere like that.
2: Just give councils the same power to kind of regulate buses that we have in London.
3: Yeah, I'd which, be up which,
2: for that. Yeah, which like which is meant to be dragging its way through Parliament. It seems to be taking forever. But, like, that was that was one of the least reported terrible things the Thatcher government did, I think, was, like, yeah. deregulated bus services everywhere but London in a really obvious screw you to the rest of the country. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so we should be we should be wrapping up, but like we I'm gonna ask a controversial question that's gonna get me shouted at, probably including after we finish recording. <laughs> um which is like we've talked about like all the many cities in the region and how it's definitely not just like, you know, Greater Leeds or whatever. Is that maybe one of the reasons the investment doesn't come? Because it all it would get salami sliced across so many different places. It's kind of difficult to kind of make that one big investment that people will recognise as theirs.
3: Well, that's like saying that's why no investment should go to Scotland. You've got to think of Yorkshire as Yorkshire. It's the size of Scotland. And it would be completely ridiculous to say, if we invest one big thing in Glasgow, everyone in Scotland will be happy. No, they won't, because people recognise it's a big thing with lots of cities and lots of people. We've got to start thinking of Yorkshire as this major economic unit, and this major unit, the size... Like, it would be, if it was one of our nations, it would be the second biggest after England, mm. rest of England. And we don't think of it that way. We sort of think of, oh, well, one investment and it'd be there. Hull has very different needs to Sheffield, to Leeds, to York. Like, we've got to take Yorkshire seriously, um, which just sounds so pathetic, but we do, because we don't take it seriously now. You know, it's absolutely outrageous that City Metric Podcast only has a Yorkshire special after 100 uh, episodes.
0: This is
2: this is the second Yorkshire special. Is it? Yeah.
3: What was the first?
2: We did one on Yorkshire Devolution last year. Yes, autumn. but that was only you, on
3: the Metro Mayors. That you listen to this podcast as
2: well. Like, you actually, like, you should know that. Of <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the question was, like, you know, is the sort of divided identity part of the reason why it, it doesn't, the investment doesn't come?
4: I don't really know why it doesn't come. And I'm very annoyed that I can't really offer that solution. And all I can really tack on to, in fact, there's so many things I could tack on to. But, you know, we saw the Brexit results. You know, we saw that overwhelming, sweltering passion for that leave vote that you do not get in Yorkshire for any other real political affiliation. For me in like in the East, in fact, no, because that's discounting the east riding you know i I do still see yorkshire as a a labor stronghold but i think with that you know noticing that if the only time people are getting hit up is about something that disfranchises them even further from the rest of europe and you know consequently will cause divides between the rest of the country you know that that is a cry out for help that has been underestimated that has been cast aside as something that undereducated foolish people do and that's where I'm starting to get really frustrated if you can't see something in a government led by May that you know she has to carry through this Brexit vote but you know is is doing so resentfully I feel if you can't see that that disenfranchisement is only going to continue further if you continue to ignore an entire county then I don't know what else to say I don't know what else to do
2: You should probably try and come up with some way of ending it that's less depressing. (laughs) Well, like the one cheerful thing for me is the town I
3: grew up in was a BNP stronghold when I was growing up in it. You know, all this stuff that we have down here is that populism's a new problem. Um, You know, we had race riots in Bradford in the sort of early 90s. Uh, The BNP had nearly half the council seats in Halifax as I grew up. You know, Nick Griffin was a sort of force in my town. It was kind of... I remember just growing up with racism and kind of the horrors of it all around. And I sort of saw that beaten back actually by normal kind of working class Halifax residents and by all sorts of people around them. And there's now no BNP elected councillors in Yorkshire and I think none anywhere. And like, actually, there are sort of good signs there and we should look to that. And we also shouldn't underestimate sort of working class people or Northern people or sort of throw them out now as racist they've they've sort of had that bout and beaten it and we should look to that we should actually look to yorkshire for some lessons in how we beat what we're worrying about now
2: okay so it's not just a matter of like you know giving more investment to yorkshire it's also you know pay more attention to it
3: yeah i would say so okay. maybe cover it a bit more
2: well we'll try and do another one within the next 100 episodes <laughs> i'll see you next time You've been listening to Skylines, the podcast from City Metric, the New Statesman City site. It was presented and produced by me, John Ellich. If you enjoyed the episode, then please do consider leaving us an iTunes review. It really helps other people to discover the show. And, you know, the more people get listening to the show, the sooner I can achieve my real goal of world domination for the medium of trains. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. um good day
3: daily agony everything's daily agony emotional physical spiritually yeah yeah i'm from yorkshire
0: even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus